I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Wiki Shuffle. My name is Jack. I am joined by Chris and Phil, as always. Hello, hello. And we have a fantastic show in store for you. Um, maybe I don't really know. It's all left to chance because we're pressing the random article button on Wikipedia, and we are going to talk about whatever it throws up. So I've, actually, today I just listened to uh, Jimmy Wales, the Wikipedia. Um, good old Jimmy. Good old Jimmy, the Wikipedia man creator uh, on Desert Island Discs. Oh, um, it was really interesting. What did he bring onto the discs? Um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Mm-hmm. Let's put it like that. Well, diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. He spoke about how he started Wikipedia and mm-hmm. where he hopes it's going to go. Uh, told you know he's maybe not the most charismatic man in the world, but he's, he's got some stories, so it's worth a listen if you get the chance. It's only thirty minutes long, I think. Uh, but Desert Island Disc is just astonishing. I think they've been going for 75 years now, and they've got thousands Kirstie, of episodes. Kirsty Young that uh, presented it down. I think yeah, we've, we've touched Young. on your, your attraction Kirstie towards Kirsty Young. I do like Kirsty Young. Young. Yeah. Oh, I wonder why that is. Is it because she's over 40? Possibly. And, <laughs> and northern. Yeah. Is that what it is? Is older northern ladies? I think it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the more old and northern that they get, the more you're interested. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's worth worth giving a listen to. And, yeah, should we just jump into it? Evie. Evie. Spelt E-E-V-E-E. Um, Evie, known in Japan as Eviu. E-I-E-V-U-I. Um, <laughs> what's wrong with you Phil you're having a stroke <laughs> I don't understand any of these letters in these combinations okay Eevee is this the Pokemon that's, that's what I was thinking oh is, e- this, is this a sexy Pokemon Eevee is a Pokemon species in Nintendo and Game Freak's Pokemon yeah. franchise is this the sexy one I have no idea is there a the, sexy the... Pokemon oh there is definitely let's have a look um, no, it's not. It's not this one. This one looks like a, a tiny child mammal. <laughs> so I'd like to clarify, this is not the one that is sexy. Um, I haven't got a picture. Ninetales. Oh, have you seen Ninetales? I don't know what you mean. It's like a beautiful fox with nine tails. It's very alluring. If you're into Whatever like you're cartoon, into. cartoon into. fictional animals. I think there are sections of the internet that cater for you. <laughs> well... I'd give her a, a slow poke. Oh hey, gosh. Pokemon joke. There you look go. At, look at Phil's face. <laughs> Phil doesn't know what these words mean. 
Do you know about Pokemon, Phil? Because you're a bit older than us. I'm I'm grateful for the extra few years that mm. I have on you two. The, the extra 10 yeah. years that I have on you both um, for was, Pokemon passing we were, me by. When we were at school, it was a big thing in school. Chris, I don't think... It was so big. Was I remember huge, Robert Curley paid £70 for a shiny Charizard. <laughs> Again, even thinking back at it now, I, like those words, they don't, they don't know... What was wrong with us? Seventy pounds for a card. <laughs> I mean, it was. Shiny, it was a I was shiny thinking Charizard. this was like a, a fluffy toy or something. No, we're not. No. We're this not, is just a card. We're not gimps. <laughs> it was cards. It was trading cards. Okay. And it was a it was a Charizard, which was the sixth Pokemon, and it was like a big red dragon, <laughs> and it would like fire stuff out of his mouth, and it was really cool. Oh my god, it was wicked. And then, like, you'd get the you'd get the cards, and you know, like with football stickers, sometimes you get a shiny one. Well, this card was shiny. And it was like wicked and everyone was like, oh my God, I want that one. It's really rare. And Robert Curley was like, I'm buying that for 70 English pounds. Where, where, where did he... And he bought it from, from someone else who had it. And that's how much it traded for. <coughs> oh, it was a good time. It was a, it was a good time to be alive. I, I sometimes worry that, that some of the things that we, we either have or potentially could have on Wiki Shuffle might lose us listeners because they just don't give a shit. <laughs> this one, seeing how gleeful the pair of you are reacting, <laughs> this one could lose us a presenter. <laughs> I, could... I, I, I don't think if actually in school we were into this, but I know a lot of kids were. I was really into the cards but I, and the games. I didn't like the TV show. I thought it was fucking stupid i don't know how i drew the line <laughs> I, I don't know why or how i thought i just thought i only accept was, my charizard in card form i think it was the acting it was not great acting was it not up to par it was typical like badly acted uh anime <sighs> or badly translated is probably a fairer thing to say because we don't know what it was well, like in japanese of, there were lots of crazies in school that came on man wasn't there i'm sure there were some men in your day, Phil. Yeah, what did you have? Yo-yos or... Um... <laughs> Those little spinning top well, things. They just, invent- yeah. <laughs> they just invented the hula hoop, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> we spent hours gathering around with the hula hoop. Yeah. I don't know. I never got involved in any of those crazes. crazes. But there were some. You were too busy being caned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no, I don't know. Because I think old kids so you didn't have, have a collection any. thing. They must like, like collecting stuff. We had Pokemon cards. We had football stickers. We had Pogs. Football yeah. stickers existed. Pogs. I remember Pogs. I was a little too old for those. Um, oh, okay. man. We had um, Tazos as well, which were sort of like Pogs, but they were you free in packets crisps. of Walker's Crisps. Yeah. Yep. Well, we did actually have yo-yos for a stage. We did have yo-yos, They had yeah. lights on them, though, and stuff. Like, you know, we had electricity and <laughs> stuff <laughs> when we were at school. So a new craze came along every few months. Yeah. Oh, they were there. They were definitely there, but I didn't really. They didn't turn my head. No. Like the Cabbage Patch Kids. And oh, okay. You're a proper oh, '80s child. Well, yeah, the same thing, I was. Isn't it? Furbies was another one that that came about. The same Fur- sort of Tamagotchi as, as um, Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, Tamagotchi. So well. It wasn't mm. for me. No. Um, I've just never been very populist in my tastes, mm. <laughs> even as a joyless child. <laughs> joyless hipster child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not partaking in all that fun you're having. <laughs> um, Carry on telling us about this fictional dog. Is it a dog? If we, do, you, do you know who Evie is then? Because obviously I was struggling. I remember. I was struggling yeah, like, straight away with what like this might dog. be. Yeah, it's sort of a dog style thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First appeared in the video games Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, the classics. 
Known as the Evolution Pokemon, Eevee is a fennec-like Pokemon with an unstable genetic code, which allows it to evolve into eight different Pokemon depending on the situation. Now that is Sounds... that's vital, Phil, because Pokemon could only evolve into one thing normally, and then that if that evolution would then evolve into a final evolution. So there'd be three stages. So you'd have your Charmander then. Um, what was the middle one for? Um, it, I can't remember the name. Charmander, Charmeleon, like, and then Charizard. It. So they'd get bigger, they'd get better. Um, but Eevee could evolve into eight, eight different eight Pokemon. Pokemon. That's very unusual. And the idea behind it was you caught these animals. And in then, a little ball. In a little ball. And then you threw them at people and then forced them to fight. Yeah, like cockfighting or like, yeah. Yeah, dog fighting. <laughs> <laughs> but and they, some when, of them were weird. When one of them died and then you were the winner and that's that's how you got it and if you met them in the wild you it captured them oh, <laughs> you yes. weakened them it was hunting basically yeah it was hunting and you, you had to well no it was it, not even hunting because you wouldn't kill them you wouldn't give them mercy you would trap them in a tiny little ball and keep them forever and, and make, make them, them fight. fight for you it's fucking awful <laughs> when you think about it it's not on Anyway, let's focus on Eevee. Because let's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is Eevee's time to shine. Although it sounds like it doesn't stay as Eevee for very long anyway. Eevee, Eevee's gone and replaced by either Vaporeon, Jol- <laughs> Jolteon, or Flareon. All right, granddad. <laughs> as the result of Eevee being exposed to either a Waterstone, a Thunderstone, or a Firestone, respectively. Two new evolutions were introduced in Pokemon Gold and Silver, Espeon and Umbreon, which involve maximum friendship with the trainer. <laughs> what does that mean? Maximum friendship, go! <laughs> and the trainer levelling up at a specific time of day, or levelling up while a Sun Shard or a Moon Shard, respectively, is in the player's bag. In XD. What's XD? I think that's another game. I've never heard of I think of Pokemon that XD is a game. I don't know. Le- I lost track after Red and Blue. I was, that was my time. Yeah. Leafeon and, and Glaceon are the result Christ. of levelling leveling up in areas that have either a moss rock or an ice rock, respectively. A moss rock? The most recent evolution is Sylveon, evolves by levelling up with at least two hearts of affection from Pokemon (laughs) Amy and knowing knowing a fairy-type move. Chris, you know a fairy-type move. (laughs) I probably know a few, yeah. Is that that washing up? Um, (laughs) Eevee is a mammalian creature with brown fur, a bushy tail that has a cream-coloured tip and a furry collar that is also cream-coloured. And isn't sexy. Let me just verify that. <laughs> Phil, do you want to do you want to just search for nine tails? Because I need someone to agree with me that for a Pokemon, if you were going to have sex with one Pokemon, it would be nine tails. Why would you put me in that situation? It's a hypothetical. What, situation. Only being allowed to have sex with one Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're going to have one, you're not going to go for like fucking Jigglypuff, are you? <laughs> or Snorlax? You're gonna. Yeah. I think, I think I have one for Snorlax on one occasion. <laughs> oh, Phil, you're missing out on some great jokes here. <laughs> Sorry, it was time for my nap. <laughs> Nine tails. See, let, me, let me see this picture. Phil just said it's time for my nap when talking about Snorlax. He doesn't, he doesn't understand why that's funny, but it is. Okay, I can see a picture of Ninetales and it just, it, it just looks like a pony. If you were going to have sex with one Pokemon, it would be Ninetales. I'm on. not familiar with enough. I mean, I know Pikachu. Mm-hmm. I'm you, familiar with Pikachu. With I, I, 
I'm not planning on. Um, nine tails. <laughs> there you go. I, 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 I'd, <laughs> obviously, I'm new to the world of Pokemon, and I suggest people listening to podcasts by default know more about Pokemon than I do. Mm. If any listeners would like to suggest which Pokemon I should sleep with to, to <laughs> lose my Pokemon virginity, then I'll, I'll, I'll take advice. Again, so in- I'm pretty sure there are corners of the internet <laughs> that do this podcast already. You know, there probably are. Yeah. Uh, I've got a new laptop and I'm not sullying it by typing in Pokemon porn. I'm just oh, not God. doing it. Pokeporn. <laughs> Whip out your Pokedex and have a look at some Pokeporn. <laughs> anyway, Nine Tails, back me up, listeners. Come on. Okay. Um, okay. In the video games, in the red, blue, and yellow versions, the player receives one EV at the Pokemon Mansion in Celadon City, and they must trade to receive the Pokedex info on the other evolutions, red, blue, and yellow only. In Pokemon Yellow, the player was to receive an EV from Professor Oak at the beginning of the game as the player's starter. However, the player's rival decides to take EV before the player can obtain it. Due to this, the player is forced to choose the wild Pikachu that Professor Oak had caught earlier as a starter this is um very similar to a i was just Shiba about chat. to say that <laughs> just about to say that it's yeah it's phil has no idea just like he did with queen of sheba it's all just words <laughs> celadon city pokedex the, the players professor rival. oak who's professor oak did he have hairy legs who knows <laughs> In Pokemon Stadium 2, Eevee stars in its own mini-game called Eager Eevee. Players have to run around in circles while Apom raises and lowers a cover on berries. The object (laughs) is to be among the first to grab some of the berries. In the crowd-sourced social experiment, Twitch plays Pokemon, and Eevee was the source of much frustration when... While trying to evolve it into a Vaporeon to learn the move Surf, the players accidentally used a Firestone on it, evolving Shit. it into a Flareon. Oh no. <laughs> this, flare, this setback led to Flareon being called the False Prophet and became one of the most famous moments of the event. <laughs> well, did you ever see the, the Twitch plays Pokemon thing? What? No. What? So, I've no idea what you're talking about. Twitch is um, it's like crowdsourced gaming. You right. will all have controller of the. Uh, you'll have control of the the player on screen. So, any individual moment, if I press left, but three thousand people press right, the player will go right. Okay. So literally every button press is just the, a popular vote. Right. And the aim is to try and complete the game using just that popular vote. So when they've tried to evolve it into a Vaporon. They've actually accidentally used a Firestone on it because more people have clicked on the Firestone thing. Right. And it's ended up becoming a Flareon, um, which is devastating. <laughs> of course it is. I mean, can you imagine the horror? Um, the fact that this is one of the most famous moments of the event suggests to me that it wasn't that exciting. But it did it? It, looked, well, it was funny watching it because it, the player would just go around and say, Sorry, you watched it? I watched a bit of it. It was a huge thing at the time on Twitter and stuff. So I did look at it. I know quite a few people sunk a few hours of their life into it. Okay. Wow. I didn't. It was one of those things where I, I knew if I did get involved, I would be involved quite you heavily. Don't, you so don't I didn't need to defend yourself. That's fine. Look, it's. I, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm more ashamed of Fancy and Nine Tails, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're gonna pick. <laughs> Promotion and reception. Since its debut appearance, Eevee and its evolutions have received... It's gender non-specific. 
Is that is that I mean, a thing for very, all Pokemon? Are they all feminine. gender non-specific? I think they are because no, they just evolve. They don't have sex. They're not. I mean, fair enough. You know that Jigglypuff and Eevee are women because they look feminine. Sorry, Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff, yes, is a woman. I've never really thought about it. They don't. They don't um, procreate, so it doesn't really matter. But there are lots of cartoon characters that you never see having sex, but still have a gender. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Since its debut appearance, Eevee and its evolutions have received generally positive reception. Games Radar described Eevee as one of the cutest and most varied of all Pokemon. And in a later article described it as one of the most enduringly popular. IGN called it the most mystifying, peculiar, eccentric and adaptable creature in the game. IGN editor Pokemon of the Day Chick also stated that Eevee was a creature that is a thousand times cuter than a puppy. And she also stated its evolution were also powerful for a cute Pokemon. IGN's Jack DeVries cited Eevee as one of the cutest Pokemon. Eevee was noted as one of the most popular Pokemon at the offices of the Pokemon Company. Author Lordana Liprini noted Eevee as being one of the most mysterious Pokemon in the series. That's all Eevee is. It's as much as I've got to say on on this. I feel bad that you did miss out on the Pokemon games because they were great. So how... I don't know. I don't want you to explain the rules of Pokemon to me. I don't oh, think I need to know. Hair, no. So it was like a, like a strategy sort of game that you'd play against each other. Well, the card the game. Card game the, the, the cards. The video game was an RPG. It was just Final right. Fantasy, but with animals, basically. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see the merits of the game. I mean, that that's uh, when we were young, a lot younger, that was a good single-player game. It was. It was great. Yeah. And um, the trading cards. I, ne- I don't think I ever actually played it. It was just. No, it, it was just a collection just that kid thing. thing of collecting stuff. So listeners, please um, send in what Pokemon you think Phil should have sex with. Uh, <laughs> and I promise that the winner, I will have sex with that Pokemon. There we are. There's a prize okay. <laughs> in this week's Pokemon. <laughs> great. I look forward to it. Oh God. <laughs> A demob suit. A demob suit was a suit of civilian clothes given to a man on his demobilisation from the British Armed Forces at the end of the Second World War. Although the suits were of good quality, the need to clothe millions of demobilising servicemen led to supply problems that caused some men to receive suits not the correct size. As a result, the demob suit became a common subject of British comedy in the post-war years. Oh, okay. Is this like when you see the over, like the really long sleeves and stuff? Is that yeah? That's where that comes from. So it's a good visual sight gag, and basically you've got a whole nation full of people wearing these near identical suits that just didn't fit them very well. Were were people required to wear these suits? Well, they weren't. But reading here, it looks as though that's all they had. Hmm. Um, For a lot of people, um, it says here um, that the it was their first suit for a lot of people um and so um they didn't have much cause to wear them and then they'd have reason to to trot them out year after year um but let's let's learn a, a little bit more 
about them. Um, beginning on the 18th of June 1945, millions of men were demobilised from the British Armed Services on a phased basis according to age and length of service. A set of civilian clothes was essential in order to help them integrate into civilian life and because they normally no longer had their original clothes after years in uniform. Clothes rationing meant that it was possible to buy and that it was not possible to buy a new suit from a shop without a large quality of ration coupons, uh, coupons and a long delay while the suit was made. Many separate demobilisation centres were run by the Army, Navy and Air Force alongside civilian clothing depots. Army centres were run by the Royal Army Ordnance Corps um, and one Air Force centre was at Uxbridge um, which is not the most interesting bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what you'd basically get there's a a list of what you'd receive in your demob suit Um, you'd get a felt hat or optional flat cap a double-breasted pinstripe three-piece suit or a single-breasted jacket with flannel trousers, two shirts with matching collar studs, a tie, shoes, and a raincoat. Um, Sounds all right. Yeah. Your hat's going to fit, isn't it? So. I don't know. It depends. I don't know. I've got a very big head. Yeah, so have I, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Most hats don't fit me. I'm so glad we don't have to go to war. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing ill-fitting suits is my worst nightmare. (laughs) The horrors of war. (laughs) Yeah, I love this idea that effectively people were just swapping one uniform for another. Mm. Um, so they, they get out of the army and then suddenly everybody's walking around in the exact same clothes of them yeah, again. Yeah. This Wikipedia article is entitled 2005 in England. Hey, we live there. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting a mention. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, what, what was I doing in 2005? AS level exams. So I wasn't doing much then. Yeah, no, I must have been doing the same thing. I was still, I was still doing them then. I remember quite a lot what, um, of what happened in 2005 in England, actually. Two main things come to mind instantly. Um, the July 7th bombings and yeah. Labour winning um, their second term. No, their, f- was it? No, their third term in, I was going to say in office, that's more of an American thing, in Parliament. Um, but I can't really remember much else about that year, so this will be interesting. Okay, well, 2005, I was working the same job I'm doing right now. Oh, God, Podcasting. that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> You're ahead of your time. So ten, this is a job, isn't it? Ten years ago, um, what was happening in England in 2005, um, the monarch was Elizabeth II, oh, um, and the prime, minister, <laughs> the prime minister was Tony Blair. So that's Tony just, B. Liar. <laughs> just setting the scene for you there. Um, and then we've got a list of the events that occurred in 2005. Should we just pick out... This is a very long article, so let's just pick, let's out, pick out a few out choice ones. Yeah. 8th of January, after a night of stormy weather, extensive flooding has occurred in Carlisle, as well as other locations, and many homes are without power. Yeah. Don't remember that. I, mean, well, I, I think I remember it, but we've had a lot of storms, so yeah. And, that, and there'll always be that that picture you get on the news of the man in a canoe going down yep. a street. Going down that a street a lot, and weather reporters going, "Look at it." <laughs> I feel I feel <laughs> unnecessarily standing outside when there's no need for them to be there. I feel quite bad, sort of, the fact that that mentions bad weather in England because we have listeners from all over the place, oh, and, yeah. and I'm sure they have actual extreme weather. Mm. Although. You know, this does still ruin lives, and people have died from weather in the, yeah. in the UK. It's just very rare. Generally, it's just a bit rainy or a bit snowy. Snowy's the other one. Is it really though? Well, when it is, when it snows, the weather does the same. Not the weather. The news does the same thing. Just pop a minute. Yeah, yeah. Look, 
snow. <laughs> the country does grind to a halt. That's more <laughs> due to our, the fact that we're pathetic, not that it's a lot of snow. Yeah. It's a light dusting, really. <laughs> yeah. See, so you guys were still at school in 2005, which is good because when you're at school, the years felt a lot more distinct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think and that's why can, I remembered instantly what uh, yeah, happened. Whereas for me, 2005 had got into that point where all the years are starting to roll together into one and yeah. remembering what happened. In fact, I think I left school in 2005 if we were doing ASs. I think either that or just year after. <laughs> you left to be- become a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah. Did you not know this about me, though? I don't think I did. <laughs> I think I'd like to. Okay. Well, on the day I left school, um, I woke up in the morning and decided, right, I've had enough of school. I've had it. So I went into school and in my jeans, because we weren't allowed to wear jeans. This was like my protest. Um, I got pulled up by the principal and she pointed at the jeans because I was in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled me in the office and I said... I'm leaving and she went all right then bye which was a really easy process i don't know why i didn't do that when i was like 30. <laughs> there's laws <laughs> and then i had to go around all the teachers and say why i was leaving and stuff but i didn't think that far ahead and the english teacher who i was i did get on quite well with and i was good at english she asked oh well, what are you gonna do and i said i'll be a lifeguard <laughs> and she looked at me because it's the first thing that popped in my head and she looked at me with such disapproval <laughs> but that's the line I kept with and then I, they all left so they probably all think that I've I've gone off to save lives guard lives guard lives <laughs> have I, you ever um, saved a life um no I have you ever so. been in a, in a swimming pool <laughs> oh yeah because you don't believe that I can swim I don't I just have this thing I just don't it doesn't seem likely I why I can swim you keep saying this. I'm yet to see any proof. Well, we've not been in a swimming environment yet. Oh, we're going on a boat soon, so... I, I should I hope we're not then. going to have to swim when we're on a boat. So even here, did you ever consider actually being a lifeguard? No, I know, no. I don't know why I thought of that. There's nothing about me that suggests lifeguards. I don't know. Uh, well, that story isn't included on this Wikipedia page. Is it not? We Shocking. haven't got all the way through yet. <laughs> it might pop up. And to be fair, that might have happened in 2006, so it might be on the next article. Okay, that might come up one day. Um, but what did happen in 2005 that was of national importance? Rodney Marsh, the former England national football star, is dismissed from his position as a pundit on Sky Sports because of a joke he made live on air concerning the Asian tsunami. And I remember this as well. I don't um, remember this. So no, this was just after the the awful Asian tsunami, which claimed what, a quarter of a million lives. Yeah, um, on Boxing Day in two thousand and four. So this is just after. This is like three months this later. Is, this is, yeah, the next month. I'm sure it was. Oh, no, it was it's just January. after yeah, Christmas, it is, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it is the next month. Um, so Rodney Marsh, he um, live on air, he made a comment about the fact that tsunami sounds like tsunami. Oh which is the name God. of Newcastle United um, football supporters. They call themselves the Toonami. Sounds a little bit like the Tsunami. Not exactly sure what the joke was, but it wasn't It wasn't it's any more humorous than what I've just said. Well, and he did <laughs> um, this on the TV. He did this less than a month after a quarter of a million people had died in the most Live horrific way possible. Yep, yep. Was he with other people? Or was it just him? Uh, no, it was part of um, like the Sky Sports News on a Saturday where they, they look at screens and talk about the football. So yeah, he wow. has not. I've not really seen him since. No. Actually, I saw him on Come Dine with me, but that kind of that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a a coffin nail if ever yes. there was one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
In February, um, Ellen MacArthur set a world record for the quickest round-the-world solo sail. She completed the 27,354-mile journey in 71 days, 14 hours, 18 minutes and 33 seconds, breaking the old record of 72 days, 22 hours, 54 minutes and 22 seconds. She's been it by like a whole day. You don't need to measure it down (laughs) to the second. That's impressive, getting around the world in in a yacht, in... um... 71 days that's nuts I remember this as well because um, mm. the yacht thing that she did it in oh, they don't look like very nice places to be for no it looked like days. hell it looks awful yeah it was small and cramped and um, she had no, I think she had a radio but that was it yeah that was it the um, thing that yeah. I remember about her yacht was the sponsorship are you aware of what happened with the sponsorship of her yacht no it was sponsored by B&Q um, the um, the British um DIY superstore um, and so the, the yacht was all decked out with the big B&Q logo and all the B&Q colours mm-hmm. it was also sponsored by um, the French equivalent of B&Q that I can't remember the name of but it's something else but they've got a different logo mm-hmm. and a, a different corporate colour thing so basically one side of the boat was decked out in B&Q colours and the other side was decked out in the French B&Q colours and so every time it was pictured in England they'd show one side of the boat mm-hmm. and every time in France they'd just show exactly the same boat but it looked like a completely different boat because <laughs> they'd shoot it from the other side which right. is genius that is that is clever <laughs> of anything ridiculous but clever um Clarence House announced that the Prince of Wales was to marry Camilla Parker Bowles Ooh. in a civil ceremony at Windsor Castle she will never be queen She's been styled HRH, the Duchess of Cornwall, since. And it was announced that when Charles becomes king, she may become HRH, the Princess Consort. Oh, Charles will never be uh, king after those letters that came out the other day. Did you read them? I didn't see Shocking stuff. Was there anything really shocking in them? Um, No. He likes albatross. Albatross eye? What's the plural of albatross? Anyway, yeah, he likes them. That's about it. That's as juicy as it got. Uh, not, I was thinking the Fleetwood Mac song. Is that? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm sure he likes that as well. That's, <laughs> a, good, that's a good song. Yeah. Um, the BNFL nuclear plant at Sellafield reports that 30 kilograms of plutonium is unaccounted for. The amount, Whoops. This amount of missing plutonium would be sufficient to make seven atomic bombs. The UK Atomic Energy Authority states that the discrepancy <laughs> in the record keeping is merely an auditing issue and that there was no real loss of plutonium. Terrifying. I don't remember <laughs> it, it yeah. but terrifying. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's, it's quite easy to misplace that, though. Yeah, I've always losing my plutonium. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've seen the opening credits of The Simpsons. I know how easy it is to do that. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Hunting Act, the ban on hunting with dogs in England and Wales, oh. comes into force. Its opponents intend to challenge the law and hunt. Well, this is in the news again, isn't it? It's in the news again because uh, you. For, the, for our British listeners, you'll be well aware that we've got a new Conservative government um, and they are trying to ruin everything. <laughs> and they will ruin everything because they've got no one looking after them now. No. Uh, they're all on their own and they can you know, destroy the country. Or destroy the poor people in the country. Yeah. The rich will be all right. Uh, and the Hunting and, Act... And the foxes as well. The foxes are going to die because they are revoking the Hunting Act and they're going to be able to hunt uh, foxes again on their horses and their wearing their red jackets and they're blowing their horns like the the awful, awful cunts that they are. They're going to tear these foxes to bits with their dogs and they're going to get away with it because people voted for them. In fact, 25% of the population voted for them. 
don't get me started. I, I, I wasn't going to mention the election on this <laughs> on this podcast, and, and we've I'm done very well angry. so far. Right. We have we have all we have um, bitter. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Tongue. Bitter tongue. <laughs> 2005. It was quite a while ago now, but now it's getting brought up again. I thought we were all fine. Like no, no more. Leave foxes alone. Well, that, you know, it's a Labour government. Yeah. Tories. The first time Tories have been in on their own uh, since then. It was always going to happen. What else happened in 2005? <laughs> <laughs> Let's lift our mood. Uh, London is chosen as the host city for the 2012 Olympic Games. Um, beating Paris in the final round of votes, 54 to 50. Um, and they were... The, the, I love the Olympic Games. They were brilliant. I, I, I wasn't bothered we before. Did. We spent yeah. so much time going into how much we were... Like, oh, I can't be bothered with the Olympics, blah, blah, blah. But actually, when it was on, oh, it was great, wasn't it? It was. And the opening Thanks. ceremony was spectacular yeah, it was fantastic Danny Bolsa did such a great job I remember when the decision was made it seemed so long in the future mm. and now the whole thing seems so long in the past yeah, yeah we're three years on yeah three years yeah crazy mm. I've never I, funnily enough though since it's been on I haven't really cared about badminton or shooting since but at the time oh, it's the same with all right. Olympic I mean, and we'll have it next year again I'll get yeah. I'll get back into it for, for the three weeks it's on and then yeah forget all about it mm-hmm. after that but then, yeah, I know what's coming next. The day after. The day after. Um, 7-7, um, which is good because it works on both sides of the Atlantic. There you um, go, yeah, not like 9-11. Not like 9-11, mm-hmm. which is just confusing for half the world. Yeah. Um, a series of coordinated terrorist bombings strike London's public transport system during the morning rush hour. Three bombs exploded within 50 seconds of each other on three London underground trains. A fourth bomb exploded on a bus um, an hour later in Tavistock Square. More than 50 people are killed and hundreds more are injured. And that's as much as we should talk about that. Um, because yeah, we've had we enough can't, misery. Uh, yeah, we can't offer sufficient... Um, no reverence for that particular um, incident um, four attempted bomb attacks on the 21st of July um, disrupt part of the capital's public transport small explosions occur around midday um, at Shepherd's Bush Warren Street and Oval stations and a bus on Bethnal Green however there are no injuries so I don't really remember that no I remember, I remember there being an incident that, uh, two weeks later but I thought it was I didn't think that anything exploded I don't know, but the 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 knee jerk reactions were were thick and outright. On the twenty second of July, Metro- Metropolitan Police shoot and kill Jean Charles de Menezes, um, believed by them mistakenly to be a suicide bomber. So because he was running on a train platform um, and he was black, and that's why they shot and killed him. It's all good stuff. Two thousand five was a great year, wasn't it? <laughs> all this fun going on. And then MacArthur did the boat thing. Yeah, that was good. That. That and winning the Olympic bid. That's, yeah. that's about all we've had, and it's July. Although that's that's the nature of news, isn't it? September, the England critic, cricket team win the Ashes. <sighs> Didn't get onto my radar, as no cricket ever will. Well, this is this is something that they do every... Is it two years, the Ashes? And it's just England versus Australia. I don't, I don't get... Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's no joy in that. I mean, fair enough, beating the Aussies is always good. But really... It's not like you win in a World Cup, mm. but people go fucking nuts whenever England beat Australia for cricket. Right, let's try and control our language when we look at what happened on the 6th of December, where David Cameron, 39-year-old MP for Whitney in Oxfordshire, is elected leader of the Conservative Party, defeating David Davis. 39. Yeah. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> 
I'm not saying anything. Um, I mean, in his defence, he's not as bad as some of the pricks that he's got working under him. So he's a bit of a dick, though, isn't he? Oh, he's a yeah. It, it, he's an A-class cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. It's just he's got some A-stars. He surrounds himself just with above some him. real Premier League yeah, talent. Yeah. Um, that's true. Not a great year. Apparently not. How did you do in your AS levels? Oh, not a great year, I said. <laughs> I'm a lifeguard now. <laughs> uh, how did I do in my AS levels? No, not great. I think I got... In fact, AS, I think I got two Cs in media and business, the the Mickey Mouse subjects. <laughs> um, and I was in the process of doing art photography, but yeah, the A levels. Wow, went. a whole set of mickey mouse subjects there i've i did over the two years i did seven different subjects i just kept cancelling them and i did it for a bit i did e-business i did um english literature which isn't a mickey mouse subject and therefore i couldn't do it so i stopped stopped going i I did do them um i did english language um i did well on that but obviously not well enough to stop me from my dream of lifeguarding (laughs) (laughs) And media as well. I did media. Who did media? I don't think we're the most academic of people. No. What well, did you get in your O levels, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, well, they must GCSEs, have been GCSEs yeah. when, yeah, they were GCSEs. Yeah. Um, was it A levels when you were A levels? Yeah. When you were young, way back. Uh, was... when... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Maths, further maths, and media studies. Wow. Um, yeah. Two A's and a C. Ooh, God. Um, further maths is really hard. Um, yeah, and exams were all harder back then. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, God. They weren't, though, were they? People are just getting smarter. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I love it when people criticise exams now for being harder than they being easier than they used to be when they've got no frame of reference. No. What's yeah. how would how would you know? They think all oh, these little pricks are getting more A's than I did, yeah. so therefore <laughs> they must be easier. Yeah, no, not the way it works. It's all based on percentages, anyway, isn't it? I don't know. Again, we're speaking about things that we have no real knowledge on, so let's just leave 2005 where it belongs in the depths of history. Yeah, where. None of the pertinent people from that year have any influence on us at all. Any? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God, the election. Hervey this. <laughs> I don't know what that okay. means. Um, Hervey this is a French physical chemist who works for the Institut National de la Recherche Agronomique at AgroParis Tech in Paris, France. His main area of scientific research is molecular gastronomy. That is the science of culinary phenomena, more precisely looking at the mechanisms of phenomena occurring during culinary transformations. Hervey, this! Is that just cooking? I I think it's pretty much... it's, It's poncy cooking. Poncy cooking, okay. Yeah. With the late Nicholas Curti, he coined the scientific term molecular and physical gastronomy in 1988, which he shortened to molecular gastronomy after Curti's death in 1998. Yeah, fuck you, Curti. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing what I want now. 
Graduated from École Supérieure de Physique et de Chimie Industrielle de la Ville de Paris, he obtained a PhD. <laughs> I thought I did all right. You did, you did, did. That's why we're laughing. Yeah, can normally. <laughs> He obtained a PhD from the University Paris 6. 6. That's good. Under the title La Gastronomie Moléculaire et Physique. He has written many scientific publications as well as several books on the subject, which can be understood even by those who have little or no knowledge of chemistry, but so far only four have been translated into English. Um, in 2004, he was invited by the French Academy of Sciences to create the foundation Food and Science Culture, of which he was appointed the scientific director. In the same year, he was asked to create the Institute for Advanced Studies of Taste, um, Hortes d'Etudes du Gout. Uh, I've let myself down now. Um, with, so well. <laughs> with the University of Reims, Champagne Ardennes, of which he is the president of the educational program. Some of his discoveries include new ways of cooking eggs. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> which he hmm. called eggs at 6x degrees C. Catchy. Around 65 degrees centigrade, the white coagulates, but not the yolk. Um, so basically, you can mm. learn how to soft boil an egg, is what I'm Because <laughs> I know how to do that. Um, but a large he does number. It with science. He does. Um, a large number of colloidal systems. Colloidal. <laughs> Taking some of the romance out of food there a little bit. Um, he also found that beating an egg white after adding a small amount of cold water considerably increases the amount of foam produced. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Cooking? I How... think that's just the thing, isn't it? <laughs> I think Chris is going to have an opinion on this. How foamy do you like your foods to be, Chris? I don't like foam on my foods at all. I think it's a silly invention. How do you like your eggs in the morning? Foamy. I like mine foamier than this. <laughs> Uh, the, the reason that I've, I've thrown this out to Chris is that Chris is something of a fan of MasterChef. I love MasterChef. Um, Not so much anymore, but in its early days, I did. I was a big MasterChef fan. Greg Wallace. Well, or, no, Greg Wallace wasn't in the early yeah. days of MasterChef. In my yeah, early days, <laughs> oh, again. Yeah. As far as we're concerned, Phil, there's only been three Doctor Who's. <laughs> you might know forty of them, but we know three. Um. Every month he adds one new invention in the art et science section of the website of the chef Pierre Gagnier. He's a clever dude. Although, about eggs. <laughs> although his main focus is on physical chemistry, he also attributes great importance to the emotional aspect of cooking. As the title of one of his books shows, Cooking is Love, Art Technique. God, you'd never know he was French, would you? <laughs> Aside his scientific work, the latest political work by Hervé This has been the invention in 1994 and the promotion of note-by-note -note cuisine, the next stage in the application of science to the kitchen after molecular cooking. Note-by-note -note cooking involves taking the molecules that compose ingredients used in cooking and using these as the raw ingredients for making dishes. If you use pure compounds, you open up billions and billions of new possibilities, <laughs> Mr. This said. It's like a painter using primary colours or a musician composing note-by-note. -note. Hmm. I'm surprised he hasn't written a book called Hervé This! Exclamation mark. So yeah. I feel like he's missing a trick with that. If I just had a surname like that, that would be my first book. Okay. Uh, this. It is a good surname. It is right. good. 
Good. I'm glad that that is what he has given us. Uh, Forget I'm all of his yet. science and his amazing cooking. We're just charmed by his name. I'm glad these articles can appeal to us on some basic <laughs> level because we, we miss all of the good stuff. And that's it for Hervé, this. That's it. There's a, a long list of the um, uh, his bibliography. Um, I've done enough French reading for yes. um, for this podcast, I think. Bibliography. To, <laughs> to have me mispronounce all of his of all of his works, I think that would be unfair on him. Um, okay. Although one of them is called "Building a Meal from Molecular Gastronomy to Culinary Constructivism: Brackets Arts and Traditions of the Table." colon perspectives on culinary <laughs> history that's a long title wind it in mate uh, building a meal colon from molecular gastronomy to culinary constructivism open brackets arts and traditions of the table colon perspectives on culinary history stop banging on about colon so much i'm trying to eat <laughs> <laughs> and that's another episode of wiki shuffle successfully navigated we have the usual guff to come. Um, guff. Yep, usual guff. You know, website addresses, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Oh, what a load of guff. It's a load of shite. We'll go for that in a few minutes and you can turn off, it's fine. First off, we actually have merchandise now. Yeah, we do. This is the most exciting development uh, oh, yeah, of all ka-ching. time. Oh, yeah, ka If you go to redbubble.com and search for Wikishuffle, you'll be able to find phone cases, Pillows. I'd like uh, a phone case and a pillow. T-shirts. Do you want and to, a, do t-shirt? Want a t-shirt. Um, we hoodies. can provide all of these things for you. But oh. they will have the Wiki Shuffle logo emblazoned on them. So. Oh. Oh, that's that's less good. That's not quite as good, is it? So they do other stuff. They do other stuff. Oh, because... right. That's fine. I'll just get some of that then. <laughs> There's like proper podcasts. You can get oh, t-shirts good. for pop- proper podcasts. Yeah, like This American Life. Um, There's all sorts of stuff on there. But... Ideally, you'll search for Wiki Shuffle and you'll buy a mug. We've got some mugs. Mm. Yep. Uh, so you can. You can I drink was. Out uh, that. I was looking the other day, and you can make leggings, but I'm not a big fan. I think we should have leggings on the store. To be really? Honest. Yeah. So whereabouts on the legging does the this logo is, appear? This is the problem. I can put them on the bum. Yes. But unfortunately, what? the bum crease. It's quite difficult to. Oh. <laughs> it's quite difficult so to Photoshop. It might say like if wiki, they're too wiki tight. Huffle. Yeah, it might say, say wiffle. <laughs> wiffle. A worst case scenario is wiffle. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got real bum creep yeah. there. I'm not. I don't sure want a waffle this. of bum. No. I mean, unless you went for two logos, one on either cheek. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's interesting. We could do that. Maybe we should this is more of an affair <laughs> discussion. Yeah, let, let's <laughs> let's throw this out to the listenership, see what the interest level is like. Okay, if you would like some leggings, probably for like fifteen dollars, then uh, let us know. So that's two things you have to email in about leggings and which Pokemon you would like to have sex with. Don't oh, yeah, forget that. that. Let us know, and you can do that by emailing us at wick, uh, podcast at wikishuffle.co.uk, and you can find us at wikishuffle.co.uk on the web. Twitter is Wikishuffle Pod. Facebook is Wikishuffle. And that's, you know, that's it. Yeah. Go buy, 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 buy. And if you don't buy anything, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a review on iTunes or subscribe or leave a star rating. On second thought, do we want to encourage the kind of people who want our leggings to contact us? Yes. Okay. Um, Chris, Chris does, so... 
<laughs> yeah, if you can address any legging related queries directly to Chris. If um if you do want some leggings, if you can send your measurements to Chris. Yes, please. <laughs> uh Chris is a pervert. <laughs> That's definitely true. Okay, I'm fine with that. Bye. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.